we are recording. I'm just going to put that there. Um, so, Father, I just thank you so much for tonight. I just thank you so much for everybody that came tonight. Um, we have a full house, which is awesome. How amazing that I get to practice walking out of fear of man with lots of people in the room. So this is great. Um, I just thank you for every everywhere that you have led me um, this past year and um, the journey that you have taken me on and the way that I get to share that journey with other people tonight. Um, let my words be your words. Let me be your mouthpiece. Um, I just rebuke all spirits of comparison, guilt and shame and accusation that say that you need to be somewhere that you're not. Um, shut up. in no place here. Be gone. So, Dad, let's just have a good night. All right. Tis it. So, I am speaking on official title, Peace Be the Journey. Yes. And that is a phrase that actually Matt and I say to each other when we're going on trips. Um, and that's kind of what we say to keep me out of getting in fear about unknown situations. <laughs> so something new, something I haven't done before, a food I haven't eaten ever, or something I've eaten before and didn't have a great experience with. Um, we just say, peace be the journey. If things don't go well, we say, peace be the journey. So it was like when, I just love it because it just brings lightheartedness to something that's uncomfortable. Um, so, with that being said, that explains the strange title. <laughs> also, it's clickbait. Good. Um, <laughs> because I'm really talking about drivenness and performance and perfectionism. Da-da-da. Anyway. <laughs> and nobody would come if I just said I was speaking on drivenness. <laughs> um, so, you are trapped now. So, first of all, I want to define what our journey actually is. Like, what is our journey? In my own, my own understanding, what I explain that as is my everyday relationship with God as we go throughout life together. That explains every area of life. That's my spiritual walk with Him, my relationship with Him, my job, my relationship with my husband. That's every area of life is my journey with God. So it's not just specific to church. So every day is a journey. Every moment is a journey. And I just am along for the ride a lot of the time. <laughs> and it's I've taken twists, I've taken turns, but I've always gone forward, so there we go. Yeah. Might take a little longer, but I've always gone forward. We just recompute the GPS and we're good to go. Um, so we actually can't discuss our journey without recognizing how the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy that journey, right? That's his main goal in life, right? He's not going to see us prosper and be like, oh, well, look at them, I can't do anything. I'm not going to try to do anything about that. That would be nice, right? But no, that's his full-time gig. So we need to recognize the enemy's attempt to try to steal, kill, and destroy the joy of our relationship with the Father. And he tries to destroy that with spirits of drivenness, performance, and perfectionism. They directly contradict God's plan for how we are supposed to operate. They directly contradict it. So we cannot be bamboozled by drivenness, performance, and perfectionism, and still be operating under peace and love and hope. They directly contradict. So, of course, the enemy doesn't want us to be at peace and joy and hope because then that means he isn't in joy and peace and hope. Because every time we're in torment, he's at peace. Does that make you mad? It should. Because he's already been judged. He's already been told what his judgment is. He has been condemned to the highest degree. And he wants to have one day where we feel condemned. So, someone is always at peace. Why don't we choose it to be us? Because we can. He has no way of doing it unless we say, yeah, I guess you can be at peace today. Anyway, that was a big rabbit trail, but we're going to move on. Anyway. So we are on an adventure. That's what, I, that's what I think. Every day is an adventure. Because with the leadership and guidance of the Holy Spirit, who knows what could happen? But what I do know is it will always end up good. 
and could look completely different than what I planned, but it's always going to be good. That's good. Mm -hmm. Right? One of my favorite quotes to tell myself in the morning, because I love quotes, um, is courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the little voice at the end of the day that says, I will try again tomorrow. I love it. Our journey should be day to day. We get so caught up on where we need to be and where we should be and all the things that we're not that we forget to enjoy right now. The Savannah that I am right now is different than I was 10 years ago, but I still like me. But I also know the Savannah 10 years from now is going to be different. And I'm excited about it, but I'm also gonna rejoice with the progress that I have right now in this moment. That's good. So what does our adventure kind of look like? What is part of the adventure, the daily life of God? Well, he expects and wants us to be able to identify lies and find truth in his word every day, right? We're supposed to know right from wrong, good from evil. We're supposed to help call that out for other people. We're supposed to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth every day. That's how, how do you do that? You need to know what is good and what is evil in our lives. It's just simple. Romans 3, 4 says, God forbid, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that you might be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you are judged. God's word should be the highest authority over anything. I don't care how many books you've read from other people. I don't care how many conversations you've had with other Christians. The one voice that matters the most is this. Your sanity is in the word of God. Every question that you have is answered in the Word of God. Every single one. I've had random questions where I'm like, God, what am I supposed to say when someone cooks me a meal and I don't want to eat it? And he says, turn here. I can't remember the exact passage, but there was one about exactly, do not cause your brother to sin. Eat exactly what they give you. Eat with the Gentiles. And I was afraid of eating that food, and I ate it, and it was great. But I, like, that was a question. In the word, the answer was there. So literally, get to the place where lies that you hear in your head, lies that you hear from other people, phrases that other people tell you, come secondary to what the word is. There's a difference between fact and truth. Fact can look real good. It can line up with worldly principles, but it doesn't make it truth. I make be small in stature, but am I less powerful because I'm small in stature? No. My spirit has no earthly constraints. That's pretty cool. That's truth. Anyway, so we are to overcome by saying, God is true. Every man is a liar. That's so freeing because sometimes people can affirm you and say the right thing and you're like, oh, that's really good. Thank you. But sometimes they can say the wrong thing, and now you don't even have to like. And I was like, okay, thank you for your input. I wasn't asking, but thank you. Um, try again tomorrow, maybe? Um, I'll go to God about that. Let me go to the Word about it. We're too quick to accept what other people say as fact in our lives. Only God knows. Only God knows, and only you know the heart of your own, what you, what's going on in your mind. and. We can only assume from the outside, from what we know and piece together, but God knows. All right, I'm getting really excited. So, I'm going to go here. All right, for drivenness and performance and perfectionism, I've talked about, those are specific spirits that those that their personality trait, okay? Personality of drivenness, perfectionism, performance. You guys track them with me? Okay? So these are spirits that speak lies. They have lies that they want to say to get us to alter how we react to life. Okay? For every thought, we have a reaction. And they want us to react that aligns with their personality. 
So what why do they stay? Based off of my own personal experience with these spirits, um, the main lie that I have, that was told from them and acknowledged was that my value is determined by my performance, my ministry involvement, what I do, my job, how many spiritual gifts I have, and you, the list goes on. But my value was determined by what I did. That puts a lot of pressure on people who are humans, human beings in process. Simply put, drivenness, performance, and perfectionism is an attempt to receive love and feel complete by works alone. It thrives off of an insatiable craving for acceptance based off of perceived success through an earthly perspective. Does that make sense? It's always earthly things. How many people saw me do this? How many people recognized my achievement? How many times did I preach today? How many times did I have a promotion at work? How many times were the dishes done every night by five o'clock? That is drivenness and performance and perfectionism. Works based love and acceptance of yourself. People don't say things. It's you who are driving yourself. Long-term exposure to these spirits equals a life devoid of peace. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no contentment. You can never rest where you are because you always need to be where you cannot get to. It is cruel. It is so cruel. And I'm done with it. It replaces what God wants of peace and joy and contentment in our lives with constant torment, indecision, accusation of yourself, insecurity, shame, and fear. Having you ch chase that sense of self-worth, that will never be satisfied. It is an endless hamster wheel of torment. It is bad. It is not good. So what does God say? Because we just established everything that God says is higher and is true. In fact, fact, I struggled with drivenness. But what does God say? God separates, okay, I did the Dr. Seuss thing this morning. It was funny. So God separates your who from your do. Do you. <laughs> Think about it. So God separates who you are from what you do. Yeah. Do you. I may be sitting here operating as a leadership arm of Identity House, but that is not who I am. After tonight, Ron could say, okay, you're a little off base. We're never going to have you teach again, and it'll be fine. Because that does not dictate how, who I am. It has no weight or merit or value. I will be back, but you know. <laughs> That's what she thinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's you or me, man. <laughs> but think about it. How many times does the loss of a job, or we didn't react the right way, or we didn't get something we thought, affect how we viewed our own selves, like the very being of who we are? And it's just not the case. And here's what I love. God doesn't think you're lost and need saving because he already did it. God doesn't think your identity is lost and needs finding because he's already established it from the foundation of the world. It's in here. He created it. He says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. He knows where we're headed. He knows who we are. He's not, con he's not concerned at all. But when we believe that our identity is lost or lacking, we try to cultivate our own self-worth by performing. This can look like, I just kind of remembered myself, so please don't feel like I'm calling anybody out. This could look like Savannah 10 years ago. 
excessive talkativeness, false joy, being a chameleon to fit in with any group you find yourself in, speaking about your achievements when no one has asked, <laughs> and keeping them there and talking about your achievements when nobody has asked, <laughs> and also coveting others' gifts and blessings. I'm so glad I'm not there anymore, guys. You have no idea. Ecclesiastes 5.15. I totally butchered how you say that. But you guys get the point. <laughs> There's a lot of S's in there. <laughs> Someone say it for me correctly so I can... Ecclesiastes. 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 I got it now. The big E one. <laughs> Laughter is good. So Ecclesiastes... 5.15 says, As he came forth from his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he will carry away in his hand. Nothing. So, God has established your identity from the foundation of the world. Your identity is not lost. I've already established that fact, but I'm going to repeat it. You do not need to find yourself. God has you. He found you, and he let him do his work. Thank you. God is completely satisfied and pleased with who we are. You do not need to earn his affection or his love by doing right things. He's craving relationship with you where you are not groveling or saying, oh, I've lost me. You helped me find me. And he's like, you are not lost. I went after the one sheep to find you. And you are found. I have made you my sheep. <coughs> you are mine. He's established it. So who are we to say, oh, he messed up. He's missed out. He's missed something. I need to feel it. My self-worth comes from God and his word. Nothing else. No one else. No other occupation. I even refuse to call myself an artist. I'm just someone who paints every so often. It has no value of who I am. It's who I am as a daughter of the Most High God, and that is pretty amazing. He could say, Santa, you're not going to paint for the rest of your life, and I'll say, that's fine with me. Where are we headed next? because it has no value to me. It's wonderful, it's something I'm doing to spend some time right now, but it doesn't define me. Only God defines me and what he says about me. And he says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's all I need to know. Good enough for me. And he's like, today, let's play piano. Okay. Today, let's paint. Okay, these are things that I do. They're not who I am. I love it. I love it, guys. Ugh. Separate your do from your who. Spend some time thinking about it. Because I found out one of my do's was craving acceptance from people. But my who said I've already received the greatest acceptance that I've ever needed. So I was at war with myself. It's good to look into these things and see what matches up. You are not the one who creates your own freedom. Your best effort without God will fade. It won't work. You can try as hard as you want without God, and it won't last. Even sanctification, guys. Try to do it on your own, it will not work. Speaking from experience, you end up in a corner crying and depressed. It is not good. Don't do it. Please, please don't do it. <clears throat> I want better for you. But drivenness and perfect I know these words. Drivenness and performance always accuse us of our failures and our shortcomings. Mm -hmm. To try to make us do it on our own and circumvent God's perfect timing. I should be at this place already. I don't care that I just learned about it, but I should already be a master. That's what I heard a lot of the time. 
You just learned it. Oh man, I should already know it. We need to allow ourselves the time to learn. We are beginners. We're beginners, and that's okay, because you know what happens to beginners who practice? They become novices. And then what happens after they practice? They become experts. And then somebody gets a PhD in something and says, I know everything there is to know, and then they gotta backtrack because they've learned too much. And they gotta go back to being a child of God. <laughs> right? Psalm 127, 1 through 2 says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives to his beloved sleep. Drivenness steals your sleep, steals your rest, because it says you need to have built the house. But if you do it without God, it's in vain. Your best steps are not good enough. And that's okay, because God says, in your weakness, I am made strong. Hebrews 12.2 says, looking to Jesus, the author, which means the chief leader and pioneer, which means he has made the way before you. He already knows the way we're headed. And he is the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, thinking little of the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. He already knows exactly where we're headed. So why are we trying to help him reroute his path that he already created? It's like some people arguing over in a map, and it's like the guide who knows it is like, here's the shortcut. And someone with the map says, but this is what the map says. A plus B equals C. And he's like, but if we just took a left, we would save four days of work. Let's listen to the guide who knows where we're headed. Ecclesiastes again. If you ever want to walk out of drivenness performance, read Ecclesiastes. There is some good stuff about time and place and perfect. It's just really good. Just read it. Um, even though I can't say it sometimes, it's okay. Ecclesiastes. 314 says, I know that whatsoever God does, it will be forever. Mm. Nothing can be put to it or anything taken from it. And what God does, that men should fear before him. So, I think it's safe to say, if we allow God to lead us, it will stick. Whatever he tells you to do in your journey will stick. Whatever he says, let's practice doing this, that'll stick. Because what he does is established forever. Thank goodness. I love it. Because I don't have that power. I don't have that ability. Because I'm human, right? I have limitations. He doesn't. I'm going to listen to him. He's not limited. So God has the perfect itinerary in place for our walkout journey. He wants us to be free, right? Right? Yes. Yes? yes? Does he want us happy? Does he want us joyful? Does he want us released from pressure? Yeah. From accusation, from guilt, from shame? Doesn't he want all of those things? Mm -hmm. So why do we doubt that he wants that and try to make it happen ourselves? Ah, it makes me mad. <laughs> he wants us free, but he wants us in peace throughout the process. Do you trust God to help you with your process? One thing he told me when I started this walkout journey of drivenness specifically is if it's not done in peace, it's not worth doing at all. Because I have sinned and distrusted him in order to make something happen. It's not good. I'd rather do one thing, simple thing well, and say, I was at peace. I've like gone to pick up dishes and he says, put it down. You are rage cleaning. That's a thing. It is a fact. <laughs> that exists. You are what? Rage, rage cleaning. cleaning. Have you heard of it? You're mad, so you clean. And your husband has to debate whether he helps you stop cleaning or if he lets it go. 
Hey, she's getting a lot done, man. (laughs) (laughs) But God will say, put it down. (laughs) It's good. So one thing I learned, I just came back from France. Actually, I came back like a month ago. Bonjour. Hello. We um, we. I can't wait that. So. Hi. <laughs> anyway, one thing that happened on that trip, which I didn't realize, is someone else made the itinerary perfect for them. Mm-hmm. And it was a beast. It was a beast. I learned the way that I would like to vacation was not compatible with the way they like to vacation. So I was on an adventure. I was not relaxing. It was a lot. And it was go, 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 go. Like five minutes here. Oh, that's beautiful. Onto the bus for four more hours. On This is beautiful. Like it was a lot. And what I learned sitting down in the cafe, I was like, I'm so tired. I was like, God was like, that's because you like to mosey. You like to take your time. You like to soak it in. You like to just see stuff and not rush. So that itinerary was not made with me in mind. But God knows exactly how I like to operate. He knows how I best can be free but still go have adventures. So we should trust his plan his itinerary because it has us in mind. What I think is best for me obviously wasn't best for me, but God made it amazing at the same time. I said, oh, I've got to recalibrate my expectations and we've got to just, we're going for it. It was interesting. I was very tired. (laughs) But I saw a lot. It was awesome. I I got a pastry belly. It was the best. It was the best. It is the best kind of belly. Belly filled with butter. Anyway. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Yes, Lord, for butter and bread. Anyway. Here's the thing. In God's itinerary, he makes time to sit and go, this is amazing. Look at me go. That happened in my Frank's trip. I was sitting at a cafe and I almost started crying my eyes out because God was said, look where you are. You used, to, you used to not fly. You used to not be able to eat bread. You used to not be able to have coffee. You used to be able to not do any of these things. And look where I put you. This is what he wants for you guys. He wants you to have that moment of, I did well. And he says, yes, you did. Let's get up and go to the next place. I can do it. Are you ready? But we have to enjoy it because drivenness will not let you. It'll say, well, yeah, but you already messed up because you freaked out on the plane ride. Or you had like a reaction after you ate this food or whatever. He will steal any joy of any victory over your life. It's time to stop letting him because God wants to rejoice over every breath that you breathe. Because it's a gift from him, directly from our Father, who wants us to sit and say, thank you for this life you have given me. I know you're taking me in a better place, and I know each and every way that I go, it will be good, and you will teach me something. And I will get more and more free. And each day will become more and more bright. And no matter what circumstance I get, I have to respond to, I will respond more correctly each and every time. Just like that quote about courage says, I'll try again tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll have two pastries. And I'll be at peace. I can do that. (laughs) Right? God's way is perfect. Psalm 1830 says, and for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried, which means, I looked up the Greek or the Hebrew word for tried. It is refined. It means purged and proved true. So the word of the Lord is proved true. So that means there's no doubt. So what he says that he has done and he will do, he will do, and he has done. 
No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's why it's important to read the word of God, because then you know what he has said is true. So when the enemy comes with a lie and says, well, this is true, or this is fact, you say, no, this is truth. And it actually says, not today. It says it. Anyway, it also says God is my shield, and he is a shield for all those who trust in him. So we just, were, we just read that he is proved true. So he just said, he is my shield for all those who trust in him. But I have to trust in him for him to be my shield. You can't receive shelter from someone you don't trust. It's impossible because you're like, nope. And he's like, come on. You're like, but you're going to forget about this one itty bitty detail. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Oh, I'm not my favorite part. Walk out. <laughs> Steps for walk out. So here's what's amazing, God. And this is why, guys, this, uh, God is amazing. So are you guys. I'm very excited. And I can speak well. A year ago today, I was receiving ministry for being completely overwhelmed by drivenness, performance, and perfectionism. A year ago today. Woo! <laughs> literally too funny so there was no way that I was allowing myself to be in driven as being this teaching it tried I tell you what it tried <laughs> but here's what happened I'm gonna be vulnerable with you guys last year I had a couple broken ribs I had been sick for a month and a half my coughing broke my ribs I had blinders in my eyes um, my entire immune system was completely compromised. I wasn't sleeping. And um, I was so tense, my hands were always just clenched, white knuckled over everything. I would just catch myself white knuckling everything. So I was a wreck in this area. And I was like, what is wrong with me? What's happening? I'm okay, I'm chill, I'm a chill person. Like, <laughs> what's happening? And I, I almost didn't go and get ministry and God was like, you deserve I'm like, but other people need it. You, other people. And he was like, no, you deserve it. You, he's like, who better but you to receive encouragement? You need it. You've been encouraging yourself. You just need a little bolster. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but then I'll cry. And he's like, that's the best thing that you could do. And so I was like, well then. Because I hate to cry. Um, I'm getting better at it. I cry all the time, but I don't like it. <laughs> it happens. I leak. <laughs> So I ended up getting the right person, and all he did is he just asked me a few questions, and of course I started crying, babbling, and all of a sudden he was just like, he stopped asking me questions after I said something, and he just stopped, he threw everything away, and he just hugged me tight. He just said, no. I'm gonna get through this. He held me for a very long time. And he said, I release you from yourself, from being afraid to fail, from pushing yourself without loving yourself. I release you to be okay. You do not have to do it all. You do not have to have it all figured out. You do not have to be perfect. He just spoke these releasings over me. He just said, it is time to let yourself off the hook. And it's okay. The world will still go on. <laughs> so that was a year ago today. Look at where I am. No broken bones. I'm not sick. This is awesome. My immune system bounds up. So what happened that night is I had a really long cry fest with the father. And he just spent time speaking to me and saying, here's where the enemy came in. Here's how he drove you. Here's how I want to lead you. Here's how he accused you. Here's what I want to do to build you up. So he just took one thing at a time and he said, it is time to ask for help. From me and from your husband and from people in your life. He said, you cannot do it alone. I was doing it in my own strength, and it failed. 
So I woke up that morning and all tension was gone from my body. And so God said, okay, tension's gone. Let's get to work. And I said, all right. So here I am. This is 365 days of work later. And I'm not going to stop because I have not fully arrived yet. But boy, am I excited for where I am now. So I wanted to share some of my steps of walkout that I've learned over this year that I have found freedom from this area because it is cruel. I want to reestablish that. Anything that tells you you need to, you should, you have to, is not right. You have to change your got-tos to get-tos. What a privilege that I have a job. What a privilege that I get to work really hard in a week and practice the teaching to bring to you guys. What a privilege. I don't got to, I get to. A quote that I, um, I love is, it is time to detach from the outcome and commit to the process. I'm in it to win it. I know I'm going to win, but I'm in it to win it every day. Every day I'll get a little bit better. So, steps for walking out. These are things that I have found work for me. I think a lot of them are biblically sound, but if it doesn't work for you, that's okay. We can talk about it. <laughs> Your priority in life always, always should be bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth through your relationship with the Godhead. You have to have relationship. And that's also what God's first priority is, relationship. I don't have to make it happen. Just talk to him and I say, you know what? You say you're always here and you're always listening, so even if I don't hear you, I know you're listening. Even if I open up the word because the word is Jesus, and so I'm getting to know Jesus better every time I open up the word, and I don't get a feeling out of it, I know something in there will help me today. My spirit's going to remember it. Do you believe that? If you guys didn't have any more feelings or reactions about things, would you still believe the word of God? Feelings aren't fact. Feelings aren't truth. This is my truth. This is my sanity. It doesn't change, thankfully. Feelings change too often, for me at least. They're not reliable sources to root my sanity to. Thank goodness I now know that. Um, Matthew six thirty three says, But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What are those things? Clothes, food, joy, sanctification, a job, friends and so forth. All of these things will be added to you. God has challenged me every morning to not even try to strategize what I'm going to wear and just be like, okay, God, what am I wearing? And I don't have to know immediately. Just go throughout my day wearing pajamas, freaking tea. And he's like, all right, I got it. So dressed by Father God today. This is his outfit. He did good. I know, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have done this. And he made me look fly. I could have worried about it. I could have had eight outfits. I have had eight outfits <laughs> out, and they're never quite right. But this was one and done. Easy. That's what he wants. Easy. Mm -hmm. Another thing I've learned is I have to practice being a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Every day gives me an opportunity to practice applying what I've learned into my life. So when the word says, do not fear, that's what I'm practicing. Was it back in Matthew 6? I, I hang out in Matthew 6 a lot because there's that one verse that said, like, do you think that worrying about these things will add one cubit to your stature? And I think that's really funny. It won't, by the way. <laughs> Worry does not make you taller. Um, actually makes you shrink because you're hovering. Huh? It does make me sad. We need to get to a place. Chelsea showed me a gospel song the other day, or a month or so ago, and it said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Yeah, come on. That's as simple as it can be. 
being a doer of the word. If God told me not to fear and it will go well with me, I will practice not fearing. No thing. If God says to forgive everyone their trespasses, or he forgave us and we should be forgiving, that's what I'm going to do. If God says live, if at all possible, live peaceably one with another, that's what I'm going to do. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Amen. <laughs> that's how she ends. I forgot that part. Amen. Amen. So be it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So if I just practice doing what his word says, he's going to take care of telling me what to do next. Literally every moment of my day, I'm practicing that. Sit down. Okay, God, I'm going to have devotions. Tell me when to be done because I can just hang out for a while. <laughs> he said, yep, go do this. Okay, stop. You're overthinking it. You're going into drivenness. Get up. Let's go text this person. This is the song they need to hear. Alright, you're done. Don't try to text another person. That's not what I want. We try to add. We get so excited. And we try to add. Copy and paste. This worked once. It'll work again. God's too creative for that. How boring would it be if we just did the same thing over and over and over again? Be no variety in life. What's the point of having free will if we need to live as robots? There'd be no point. He wants to creatively work with us. He gave us the option to choose so he can be like, ooh, what are they going to decide today? I'm hoping it's life, first of all. Choose life every morning. Please choose life. Choose hope, expectancy. And he's like, maybe they'll say yes to me and we'll go to Starbucks and buy someone a drink. Maybe we'll go find our way here and we'll go do this. He's so excited about what each day holds, but we're so sad because we're focused on where we're not. We miss out on all the good that we could be having. Just goofing off and having a relationship with the Father as he celebrates with every victory that I have and that you have. Every time that I don't fear, he's like, good job. You did it. And I said, yes. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, ah, I was afraid. He's like, but you did the last one. Next time, it'll be twice in a row that you don't go there. We'll try again tomorrow. And then the other day, we three times. Look, we're making some progress. That's, he gets so excited about it. There's no guilt or shame or condemnation or why aren't you already here when you listen to the Father. That's not kind. At all. That's not a true friend. Hey, I love you and I support you. Why haven't you already become a better friend? You'd be like, excuse me. I'm going to go find somebody else to hang out with. God wants us, and this is something I've been practicing as well, celebrate every victory, no matter how small, and audibly thank him for those victories. Get it out. Speak it out. God, today, what did I do today that I was so excited? I wasn't driven about finishing this teaching, even after you told me to completely scrap it and start from scratch. And I went on a walk, even when you told me to, with a limited amount of time in this morning to finish it. So I still trusted you and I went on a walk and it's finished. It was awesome. Got to just sit outside. Fresh air. I would have driven myself into the ground trying to make it perfect for you guys. But God said, you've put in the work, trust yourself. I didn't freak out about what to have, what I was going to make us for lunch today because we didn't really have any leftovers and I was going to make my first version of this was I have to make an entire dinner for lunch today with like chicken and veggies and all this is all we have I have to make this here those halves and God says don't you remember you have box mac and cheese in the refrigerator or in the pantry and I was like oh I can just make box mac and cheese and he's like doesn't that sound great but then Matt came home and said guess what I'm gonna take you to lunch Aww. yeah I could have freaked out and stressed out and tried to make this crazy dinner for lunch. <laughs> but I didn't because God said, remember the mac and cheese? Don't worry about it. Ah, that's what life is, guys. That's when you listen to him every step of the way. One little, one little shimmy here, one little shimmy there. Ooh, this is fun. 
Look how free you just got. God's good. Psalm 100 is one of my favorite songs that I memorized last year to like sing over myself and pray over myself. But it just says, the Lord, remember he's God. But enter into his thanks, his gates with thanks and thanksgiving and praise and into his courts with praise. But remember that he is the one that has made you, not you, yourselves. We are his sheep and the sheep, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. There's my who. I'm his sheep and I'm already in his pasture. That's awesome. Another practice that I've learned is very helpful is when convicted by the Holy Spirit, not condemned by drivenness, performance, blah, blah, blah. You deal with things in the moment, right then, right there. You do not put it on the back burner and say, I'll deal with this because you never will. And then it festers, and then there's a whole flood of things, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. All of these things. You can't get overwhelmed if in the moment God's just like, hey, you should love yourself a little bit more. Why are you struggling with going to buy socks? True story. Yeah. I I have, I'm walking out, no, I don't have, I'm walking out of such intense fear of like being someone who misuses money and being a financial burden that I have a hard time buying socks and shampoo. That's okay. But God says, why? It's time to go buy yourself some socks and not feel bad about it. Go do it. Matt had to go with me the first time. I'm excited. So next time I need to go buy socks, I'm going to take myself. And I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to spend 30 minutes trying to figure out the cheapest pair of socks. I'm going to buy the stuff that works and fits me. Guys? Right? It takes practice. But the first time I could say, well, it was a failure because Matt had to go with me and literally buy the socks for me. But what happened? I got the socks. I threw out the ones that had holes and I got new socks. The end result was still good. It doesn't matter how I got there. It might have been limping. It might not have been pretty, but I got there. And I was able to rejoice. And now these are my socks. No holes. There we go. And they fit. You never know, socks would be such a big thing. I did not plan on talking about these for so long. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not to men, knowing that of the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. He's the only one I'm concerned about listening to. He's the only one that opinion matters, really. And there's very, it's very freeing to me because my process could look wonky. I could be different tomorrow, and you guys might be like, what's going on? And I'd be like, well, God's got me reshaping a lot of stuff again because it's happened before. Where he said, everything that you think you are, it's not who you are. Let it go. Poop. But then here I am. <laughs> it's good. So whatever you do, do it heartily. If there's no peace, it's not worth doing it. It's not worth it. Because it wasn't fun in the process. Sometimes you have to do things that aren't fun. I can totally attest to that. But God didn't say life was going to be fun. He said we were overcomers. He said we can overcome. We can have victory. And he's given us the tools and the guidance to do it. One thing I tell myself every morning is I have everything that I need to succeed in life today. And if I don't know, I can pause and ask Father and say, Dad, I don't know. Because he says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask liberally of the Lord. Right? So if I don't know the answer to something, I can just ask. What do you think? I'm coming blank. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and he says, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Don't even th do this. <laughs> Go do something else. That's normally what happens. I want you guys to remember that you are never the problem. You're not fighting yourself. What, when people say it's mind over matter, 
That's wrong. That's not biblical. Because they're putting you against yourself, saying it's you that's the problem and you need to contain yourself. That's just double-mindedness and, like, insanity. You are not the problem. I release you from that. You have never been the problem. You have to separate yourself. Remember, Matt teaches on separation so well. You gotta separate yourself. You gotta separate other people. Other people aren't your problem. They're not. The enemy is. Thank goodness it's not people, because I love people. People are goofy, they're wacky, and I love them. And God loves them. And I want them to do well. And sometimes they're just off mark. And you just gotta love them. Yeah. One thing I learned this past year is that I can silence accusation very quickly when I recognize that I'm walking after the Spirit. Like, I am actively practicing to listen to God and to do what He says. And there's a scripture, Romans 8, 1, that says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the life, Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from, this, the, the, from the law of sin and death. So, even if I mess up, even if I have to repent for something, even if I have to apologize to Matt for being very self-piteous, or off the mark, or whatever, accusing him of things he hasn't done, there's no condemnation for me because I recognized it, and I said, I am actively trying to walk in the Spirit. So accusation, you have no place here. I've already recognized that. I've dealt with it. Go on. That's wonderful. Because the enemy wants you to sit in guilt and shame and condemnation, all the, gra- the gross things, so you don't ever move. You don't ever experience victory. You don't ever experience that <coughs> taste of the battle won, a hard battle won. That's the best feeling. When, you've, when you're on the other side and you said, I had no idea I was this capable. But through God, anything is possible. Through Him and with Him. Man, I'm on the winning side. You guys are on the winning side. So why are we acting like we haven't won? Ever. All day. Every day. Moping. I hope today's okay. Dreading the day that the Lord has made. Anyway, that's too close to hope. I'm going to move on. (laughs) One thing that I've learned over this year that I have practiced is to not be afraid of starting over from scratch, to not be afraid of the unknown, and to not be afraid of failure. One thing that I clearly heard in my, my moment with Dad when I was saying all of the things that just crying my eyes out to him about just, oh, was not feeling encouraged. And he gave me very clear instructions. He said, he told me to do something I didn't want to do. <laughs> but I was already upset about being so worn out and beat up that I was like, all right, I'll do it. He told me it was time for me to decide and declare that I am not a victim of people or circumstances or my past. And that I should no longer bring it up or compare my past experiences, my bad experiences, to receive a sympathy vote. At this time, it was dominating my speech and all of my interactions with other people because I wanted the, oh my gosh, I can't believe you went through that. I know, right? It was terrible. He clearly told me that I would not experience any joy in my present life if I kept digging up my past. Because I was also telling him that he hadn't fully healed me of my past. So how could I tell people that I was doing well and I was healed from him and like, look where I'm at now, if I kept regurgitating and reliving all the things that he didn't do for me that I believed that he didn't do for me in the past. You can't operate as a victor when you still 
feel and play a victim. So he told me it's time to get it out. <sighs> Tell you, there was a lot of my conversation that was this talk because I was used to it. I was good at playing a victim. I liked it because you get attention. People say, poor you. Oh, you. Uh, <laughs> I was afraid that if I stopped sharing about my past circumstances, that no one would ever talk to me or ask questions anyway. So me choosing to not speak and say I'm done meant that opened up a lot of awkward silences. <laughs> but it also opened up a lot of new conversations. One of victory, where I'm no longer a victim. Yeah. And now, I'm not enslaved to that person, memory, or circumstance. That past is my past, and I can rec I remember it. I've got memories, but nothing. No, my heart completely healed because I let go of being a victim. I'm done. I'm done. I'm a victor. God made me free. Amazing. Cool, I'm going forward. Past is the past, but how much you have redeemed me already is amazing. Yeah, that was a fun one, but it was really good. So something that I had to start from scratch in, but I'm reaping the benefits of it now. Still practicing. It's a habit. I'm getting there. And I want to end on this. One thing that I have found extremely helpful in coming out of drivenness and performance, perfectionism, all these things, is it's time to get your hopes up. Mm -hmm. I have to be active in speaking hope over my day. If there's something I've dreaded about the day, I come up with a hope that directly contradicts it. Mm -hmm. I, you have to choose to create an expectancy of a pleasant journey. Even with twists and turns, it always ends up well. Right? Speak yep. That's that's the word. That be scripture right there. <laughs> Proverbs four eighteen says the path of the just is as a shining light and that shines more and more to the perfect day. Do you know what I read in that? Each day will get sunnier and brighter as more things come off. I don't have to make it happen, but the path of the just, someone who's practicing, someone who's just listening. It happens automatically. It happens. It's amazing. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you hopeful, expected end. Then you will call upon me, and you will go and pray to me, and I will hear you. And you will seek me and find me, when you will search for me with all of your heart, and I will be found of you. And I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you. And I will bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. Pretty cool. He's not worried. Nor is he powerless. So why are we acting like he is? Right? <laughs> Psalm 37. I'm just going to read all the scriptures that I have for this section. Because they're all good. Psalm 37, verses 23 through 25 say, The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now I am old, and I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That is the Father who we serve. I'm young, and now I'm old, and I have never, not once, ever seen him and forsake anyone including me do you believe him to help you with your journey to make it fun to rejoice with you to want you to do well I really hope you do because it's a lot more fun when you believe that and the enemy becomes so insignificant because he contradicts it and you're like no my steps are ordered by the Lord he's got it all figured out. I don't need to know. I don't need to try to create it. I don't need to cultivate it. It just is amazing. And it has been before time even began. Pretty cool. Ephesians 3, 20, 20 through 21 says, Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundant 
greatly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works to him, works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. That's our Father. That's our God. He's able to blow your expectations out of the water. Do you trust him with it? That's all I have for you guys. That's it. So, I just want to say, peace be your journey. That's it. All right. I'm going to pray, and then, Chelsea, do you guys want to do a song? Do you guys want to do another song? I'm trying to think. Here's what I'm thinking. Give me a second. Yeah. I'm thinking we don't need to do the song. We don't need to make it happen. Um, and people do need to get prayer. But I don't want it to be a group show. I want it to be one-on-one -on -one and really intentional. Um, so, does anybody need prayer? Can you raise your hand discreetly? Okay, we've got. Did you want to make time for people to like ask questions? They have questions. That's probably a good thing. Do you guys want to ask questions? Yeah. I want to do what you guys. All right, we will have prayer time for everybody who raised their hands. We've got you. Um, but does anybody have any questions? I do want to. I'm gonna pick my brain about anything. It's totally fine if you don't. It won't hurt my feelings. One thing I was thinking, you said that like you're not the problem. Mm -hmm. The the only thing that I'm not sure I understand all the way is like what if I'm holding myself back? Wouldn't I be the problem then? That's what I can imagine my mind doing is You're like, holding yourself back. Yeah. Like if you just did this and this, you would everything would be fixed. That's sort of how my mind would go. But that feels like I have to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my question is very clear. But yeah. So let's let's unravel it a little bit. So if I'm holding myself back, like what do I do? That kind of thing. Yeah. So who told you to be afraid of trying something new? Who told you to? Do you not do the thing mm -hmm. that's causing you? I don't know how to do it. I'm not good enough about yeah. doing it. Yeah. Who said that you're not capable of doing it? Like, you, if you try to um, take, like, your ball of yarn and start, like, unraveling, like, let's follow. This is the end result because the enemy will use you. I am the problem. I'm always afraid. I'm always so afraid of something new. I can't do this or whatever. So if you try to replace it, okay. But ultimately, it's like, okay, well, fear of man says that I should not do that. Mm -hmm. this and this and that. Yep, because you're afraid of what may happen. Gotcha. Yeah, and so because of fear, he does nothing. And then he accuses you of doing nothing by making you think it's you, but he's the one who told you not to do it. Right. Because it's a fear. So, it's not you. Yeah. One thing, it's not you, it's you. One thing I will say sometimes to the enemy, because he's like, oh, you're so fearful or like whatever. I'm like, well, I might be struggling with fear, but I did not create fear. Mm -hmm. I'm not the originator of fear. So who's got it works? <laughs> God knows. God knows who created it and who originated it. Yeah. It's not me. I've just been bamboozled temporarily. Yeah. yeah. Does that help you? Screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Any other questions? If not, I will turn off the recording. Yeah, do you want to pray real quick and then we'll go to Renee's private ministry, find somebody to talk to? I don't know why I just adjusted to this position, but I'm feeling it. Pray a position. Oh, I'm getting I just needed to do something here. All right. Dad, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for helping me overcome my fear and share stuff. Thank you for the tangents. Thank you that I was only like an hour. There we go. <laughs>
thank you for everybody here. And I just thank you that the enemy's been put on notice, that his power is limited, his influence is limited, and it's cut off right now. So I just thank you so much for what you're going to do this week, and we thank you that you know exactly where we're headed. And you know it's going to be good, and we can just trust you and let you lead the way. So I just pray for a blessing over each and every person who's here and everybody who wasn't able to come tonight, that their week would be filled with joy and singing and praise and thankfulness, that they would start to just rejoice in the journey and the everyday and find the wonderful things that you have done for them, the little love notes that you leave them each and every day. We thank you that you care so much about the journey, that you're not just like, hey, here's this thing, and then figure it out, and then... Why haven't you figured it out yet? That's not who you are. I love that that's not who you are. You are good all the time, and you're so, you're just amazing. I could go on. Amen. Amen. Amen.